You're listening to The Big Bible Read, an initiative of The Pulse and The Word radio stations. For Bible study resources and to join a community of other Bible readers, visit BigBibleRead.com. Genesis 19. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening while Lot was sitting in the city's gateway. When Lot saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face toward the ground. He said, Here, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house. Stay the night and wash your feet. Then you can be on your way early in the morning. No, they replied, we'll spend the night in the town square. But he urged them persistently, so they turned aside with him and entered his house. He prepared a feast for them, including baked bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they could lie down to sleep, all the men, both young and old, from every part of the city of Sodom, surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, so we can take carnal knowledge of them. Lot went outside to them, shutting the door behind him. He said, No, my brothers, don't act so wickedly. Look, I have two daughters who have never been intimate with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do to them whatever you please. Only don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Out of our way, they cried. This man came to live here as a foreigner, and now he dares to judge us? We'll do more harm to you than to them. They kept pressing in on Lot until they were close enough to break down the door. So the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house as they shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house from the youngest to the oldest with blindness. The men outside wore themselves out trying to find the door. Then the two visitors said to Lot, Who else do you have here? Do you have any son-in-laws, sons, daughters, or other relatives in the city? Get them out of this place, because we are about to destroy it. The outcry against this place is so great before the Lord that he has sent us to destroy it. Then Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were going to marry his daughters. He said, Quick, get out of this place before the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was ridiculing them. At dawn, the angels hurried Lot along, saying, Get going, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or else you will be destroyed when the city is judged. When Lot hesitated, the men grabbed his hand in the hands of his wife and two daughters because the Lord had compassion on them. They led them away and placed them outside the city. When they had brought them outside, they said, Run for your lives. Don't look behind you or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains where you will be destroyed. But Lot said to them, No, please, Lord, your servant has found favor with you, and you have shown me great kindness by sparing my life. But I am not able to escape to the mountains because this disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, this town over here is close enough to escape to, and it's just a little one. Let me go there. It's just a little place, isn't it? Then I'll survive. Very well, he replied. I will grant this request too, and will not overthrow the town you mentioned. Run there quickly, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. This incident explains why the town was called Zoar. The sun had just risen over the land as Lot reached Zoar. Then the Lord rained down sulfur and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. It was sent down from the sky by the Lord. So he overthrew those cities and all that region, including all the inhabitants of the cities and the vegetation that grew from the ground. But Lot's wife looked back longingly and was turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham got up early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked out toward Sodom and Gomorrah and all the land of that region. As he did so, he saw the smoke rising up from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the region, God honored Abraham's request. He removed Lot from the midst of the destruction when he destroyed the cities Lot lived in. 
Lot went up from Zoar with his two daughters and settled in the mountains because he was afraid to live in Zoar. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. Later, the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man in the country to sleep with us, the way everyone does. Come, let's make our father drunk with wine, so we can go to bed with him and preserve our family line through our father. So that night they made their father drunk with wine, and the older daughter came in and went to bed with her father. But he was not aware of when she lay down with him or when she got up. So in the morning the older daughter said to the younger, Since I went to bed with my father last night, let's make him drunk again tonight. Then you go in and go to bed with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they made their father drunk that night as well. And the younger one came and went to bed with him, but he was not aware of when she lay down or when she got up. In this way, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter gave birth to a son and named him Moab. He is the ancestor of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also gave birth to a son and named him Ben-Ami. He is the ancestor of the Ammonites of today. Chapter 20 Abraham journeyed from there to the Negev region and settled between Kadesh and Shur. While he lived as a temporary resident in Gerar, Abraham said about his wife Sarah, She is my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God appeared to Abimelech in a dream at night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken, for she is someone else's wife. Now Abimelech had not gone near her. He said, Lord, would you really slaughter an innocent nation? Did Abraham not say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. I have done this with a clear conscience and with innocent hands. Then in the dream, God replied to him, yes, I know you have done this with a clear conscience. That is why I have kept you from sinning against me and why I did not allow you to touch her. But now give back the man's wife. Indeed, he is a prophet and he will pray for you. Thus you will live. But if you don't give her back, know that you will surely die along with all who belong to you. Early in the morning, Abimelech summoned all his servants. When he told them about all these things, they were terrified. Abimelech summoned Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? What sin did I commit against you that you would bring such great guilt on me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should not be done. Then Abimelech asked Abraham, What prompted you to do this thing? Abraham replied, Because I thought, Surely no one fears God in this place. They will kill me because of my wife. What's more, she is indeed my sister, my father's daughter, but not my mother's daughter. She became my wife. When God made me wander from my father's house, I told her, this is what you can do to show your loyalty to me. Every place we go, say about me, he is my brother. So Abimelech gave sheep, cattle, and male and female servants to Abraham. He also gave his wife Sarah back to him. Then Abimelech said, look, my land is before you. Live wherever you please. To Sarah, he said, look, I have given 1,000 pieces of silver to your brother. That is compensation for you so that you will stand vindicated before all who are with you. Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech as well as his wife and female slaves so that they were able to have children. For the Lord had caused infertility to strike every woman in the household of Abimelech because he took Sarah, Abraham's wife. Chapter 21. The Lord visited Sarah just as he said he would and did for Sarah what he had promised. So Sarah became pregnant and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the appointed time that God had told him. Abraham named his son, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him just as God had commanded him to do. 
Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made me laugh. Everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. She went on to say, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have given birth to a son for him in his old age. The child grew and was weaned. Abraham prepared a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah noticed the son of Hagar the Egyptian, the son whom Hagar had born to Abraham, mocking. So she said to Abraham, Banish that slave woman and her son, for the son of that slave woman will not be an heir along with my son Isaac. Sarah's demand displeased Abraham greatly because Ishmael was his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be upset about the boy or your slave wife. Do all that Sarah is telling you, because through Isaac your descendants will be counted. But I will also make a son of your slave wife into a great nation, for he is your descendant too. Early in the morning, Abraham took some food, a skin of water, and gave them to Hagar. He put them on her shoulders, gave her the child, and sent her away. So she went wandering aimlessly through the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she shoved the child under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down by herself across from him at quite a distance, about a bowshot away. For she thought, I refuse to watch the child die. So she sat across from him and wept uncontrollably. But God heard the boy's voice. The angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and asked her, What is the matter, Hagar? Don't be afraid, for God has heard the boy's voice right where he is crying. Get up, help the boy up, and hold him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God enabled Hagar to see a well of water. She went over and filled the skin with water, and then gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew. He lived in the wilderness and became an archer. He lived in the wilderness of Paran. His mother found a wife for him from the land of Egypt. At that time, Abimelech and Pekol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now swear to me right here in God's name that you will not deceive me, my children, or my descendants. Show me in the land where you are staying the same loyalty I have shown you. Abraham said, I swear to do this. But Abraham lodged a complaint against Abimelech concerning a well that Abimelech's servants had seized. I do not know who has done this thing, Abimelech replied. Moreover, you did not tell me. I did not hear about it until today. Abraham took some sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech. The two of them made a treaty. Then Abraham set seven ewe lambs apart from the flock by themselves. Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? He replied, You must take these seven ewe lambs from my hand as legal proof that I dug this well. That is why he named the place Beersheba, because the two of them swore an oath there. So they made a treaty at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Pekol, the commander of his army, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba. There he worshipped the Lord, the eternal God. So Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for quite some time. Matthew chapter 6 Be careful not to display your righteousness merely to be seen by people. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. Thus, whenever you do charitable giving, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on streets, so that people will praise them. I tell you the truth, they have their reward. But when you do your giving... Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your gift may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray while standing in synagogues and on street corners so that people can see them. Truly I say to you, they have their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not babble repetitiously like the Gentiles, because they think that by their many words they will be heard. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So pray this way. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we ourselves have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. When you fast, do not look sullen like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive so that people will see them fasting. I tell you the truth, they have their reward. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others when you are fasting, but only to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not accumulate for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and devouring insect destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But accumulate for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and devouring insect do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If then your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is diseased, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't there more to life than food and more to the body than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? And which of you, by worrying, can add even one hour to his life. Why do you worry about clothing? Think about how the flowers of the field grow. They do not work or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was clothed like one of these. And if this is how God clothes the wild grass, which is here today and tomorrow is tossed into the fire to heat the oven, won't he clothe you even more, you people of little faith? So then don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the unconverted pursue these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But above all, pursue his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
So then, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. Psalm 7 O Lord my God, in you I have taken shelter. Deliver me from all who chase me, rescue me. Otherwise they will rip me to shreds like a lion. They will tear me to bits, and no one will be able to rescue me. O Lord my God, if I have done what they say, or am guilty of unjust actions, or have wronged my ally, or helped his lawless enemy, may an enemy relentlessly chase me and catch me. May he trample me to death and leave me lying dishonored in the dust. Selah. Stand up angrily, Lord. Rise up with raging fury against my enemies. Wake up for my sake and execute the judgment you have decreed for them. The countries are assembled all around you. Take once more your rightful place over them. The Lord judges the nations. Vindicate me, Lord, because I am innocent, because I am blameless, O exalted one. May the evil deeds of the wicked come to an end, but make the innocent secure, O righteous God, you who examine inner thoughts and motives. The exalted God is my shield, the one who delivers the morally upright. God is a just judge. He is angry throughout the day. If a person does not repent, God sharpens his sword and prepares to shoot his bow. He prepares to use deadly weapons against him. He gets ready to shoot flaming arrows. See, the one who is pregnant with wickedness, who conceives destructive plans and gives birth to harmful lives, he digs a pit and then falls into the hole he has made. He becomes the victim of his own destructive plans, and the violence he intended for others falls on his own head. I will thank the Lord for his justice. I will sing praises to the Sovereign Lord. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, netbible.com. Copyright 1996-2019. Used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC. All rights reserved.